You're listening to Orlando Impact, a podcast dedicated to shining the spotlight on purpose-driven leaders in our city. Here's your co-host, Andy Young. Welcome to Orlando Impact. My name is Andy Young, your co-host of the show. I'm one of the financial advisors here at the Life Wealth Group. We're here today with Kay Rollins, the founder of Orlando City Soccer Club, vice president of community relations, and the foundation president. Kay, thanks so much for being here. I'd love for you to share a little background about yourself. Sure. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Originally from England, Stoke-on-Trent, in fact. So I'm a big Stoke City supporter. I'll just put that out there right away. Uh, That's my team back in England. I worked in a bank when I first left school. Then I had children, and I actually went to college. That was the first time I did go to college. I was 31 years old, and I went and did an early childhood development degree and a management degree pretty much concurrently, which I don't know what I was even thinking. But I ended up working in a preschool and then owning it and opening a second one. So then my life took a complete turn when I got the chance to move to America, went to Austin, and myself and my ex started a team there. Unfortunately, wrong place, wrong time, I think. Uh, We struggled for three years to get any kind of traction there. And we were told about an opportunity here in Orlando and realized after doing our due diligence that this was going to be a good place to come. Very diverse population, you know, proximity to airports, a fantastic airport, actually, full of the hotel and lodging uh, industry that we have. So we, we felt like we were in a good place. Plus, there was only one other major sports team in town, which was the Orlando Magic. And we felt we could be complimentary there. And it proved to be true. <laughs> so <laughs> in a very short space of time, we found ourselves with a, an MLS franchise, which was amazing. It happened a lot faster, I think, than we originally anticipated. We thought probably five years, and it actually turned out to be three, which, yeah, which was amazing. This, this community has been very welcoming and open and, and warm. So I I know from speaking with you and from looking at the background with that, when you came into the community, one of your main things that you were tasked with is to grow kind of the community swell behind this is what we're trying to do. And one of the things that you looked at is that you said the young people of of the community are going to be one of the ways that we can anchor in and help to improve that. So I, I know you're heavily involved in a lot of community organizations, especially those that are focused on the young people in their community. Can Tell me a little bit about that and and what you do to help out with the youth in our city. Sure. I mean, I think that's one of the amazing things about starting your own club is that you have the say on the focus. And so we've always put community front and center of everything that we've done. And so when we first came, that meant literally using our players as ambassadors. We took them everywhere into schools, youth organizations, hospitals, anyone who would have us actually. With the mindset that athletes have a very unique platform to speak from. They're idolized and, and, you know, kids look up to them. And so if they're the people telling children, don't take drugs, you know, don't get into gangs, drink more water, eat more broccoli, whatever those messages that we need to be giving them, using the, the, the players as the mouthpiece is how you really make an impact and how those children will, will listen, you know, to, to what you're trying to say. And so that was kind of the, the genesis of it. 
and I think obviously it didn't hurt that we kept winning. Um, so we <laughs> so we grew our our crowd that way too. Anybody who came to our 2011 championship game was not scarred for life in a good way. We'll never ever forget it. It was one of the most, and and I've been to a, I don't know how many hundreds of soccer games in my life all over the world. It still is probably the best game I've ever been to. And those kind of things cement your fan base because it's like going through a shared experience. And afterwards, you're like, wow, that was amazing and I want to do it again. And so it was it was gradual. But I think our community outreach had a lot to do with the, the loyalty of the fans, the way they came around us, because you want your team to be more than just the game on the on the field. You want them to have a heart do good things in the community and, and make this community the best it can possibly be. And that's kind of how, that's where you have to start. Absolutely. I, I'm always amazed that I see how many places that you all are involved with as far as being able to give back, whether it's at fundraising events that there's players or there's people from the leadership that are there. If it's just the community events and the, the sense of family when you show up to, to one of the games. So I know that you guys are extremely proud of how that has, you've, you've taken a, a basketball town and you've, you've opened it up to where now that you have a lot of people that soccer is kind of the number one uh, with that. <laughs> so that uh, you guys have done amazing work with that. So when you were doing that, when you were getting started and you were having to go out into the community and the, the players are actually literally out playing soccer with kids in these uh, maybe a, a little bit rougher areas than what they would, uh, that you would typically mm-hmm. be in. Um, but when you were doing that, what, were there any challenges or struggles that you faced while you were doing that and trying to grow this and trying to help out in the community? I think what we had to be was was certainly uh, culturally sensitive. And so we always we always think carefully about who we're sending where, because you want the kids to see someone that it feels recognizable to them. Um, you know, maybe it's a school where a lot of the kids speak Spanish. So it's a, that's a great opportunity to take one of our Spanish-speaking players who they're uncomfortable in, in some other settings, but not when they can chat away in their, their native language. So I think it's thinking about things like that. I mean, through the foundation, we've been building all these mini pitches, and they're basically, um, it's, it's like a size of a tennis court, except you play soccer on it. So it's a hard court, but it means you can... You can drop them into urban areas where you couldn't land a big giant soccer field. And so you can bring soccer to communities that traditionally don't know the sport necessarily. You know, this may be their first introduction to it, but it's small-sided games. It actually gets their skills up pretty fast because uh, it's a much faster game and you learn your passing skills, I think, certainly a, a lot faster from having to, you know, you're involved in every play. Whereas when you're out on the field, sometimes you can kind of <laughs> skulk around in the background and, <laughs> and not have to run so much. But the idea of bringing them was to tackle one of the biggest problems our country has, which is childhood obesity. You know, and these are kids, unfortunately, who are also the most underserved anyway. They're living in some of the poorer neighborhoods. Their families are, are struggling. They are working poor. And so what happens is, like the neighborhood we're in in Paramore, there are no big grocery stores here. They're all corner shops, uh, convenience stores, fast food, and that's the diet that the children live on. And so, unfortunately, you know, it's not the best. It's not the best for their their bodies. 
it's also not always the safest place to be outside and playing. So our big push has been building safe places to play. They're usually attached to a community center, a boys and girls club, somewhere where there's other facilities as well. And then we didn't want to just give them a facility. We wanted to, to actually bring the piece that really matters, which is the programming. And I think anyone who's ever played a team sport knows that almost by osmosis, you learn teamwork, attitudes, self-discipline, respect, all of those things you, you can learn through playing a team game. And then along with that, we brought the nutrition education piece, which then led into the most unusual thing. I, I think <laughs> I'd, I had no idea when I started this club that I would be into gardening. But apparently now I am. <laughs> so <laughs> what happened was we realized in our programs we're teaching children about nutrition and they have such little access to fresh food. So we, as a foundation, we had a, a board retreat and talked about, well, what can we do about this? We can't make some of the big supermarkets come in here and build a store. <laughs> I, I would like to, but we can't do that. So we went to the city of Orlando, uh, who've been amazing partners with us ever since the very beginning. And we went to their Greenworks department and, hey, hey presto, we now um, are building community gardens in a lot of different places, not just in Paramore, in, in, but in, in other places too, where a family can, for a very tiny fee can have their own garden bed plus access to resources teaching them how to grow things what to grow when composting apparently that's a whole science on and so now we have places especially in and around paramore where families are actually growing their own food so it's saving them money they're having a much healthier diet and then to kind of top that off we opened a farmer's market at the stadium um, Saturday mornings. It's actually closed for a few, a month or so through the summer just because it's just too unbearably hot to have it out there and there's not so much produce being being grown. But it's Saturday mornings and so the local people can come and sell what they're growing, any access that they have. So yeah, I'm in the gardening business now. Who knew? That's, that's <laughs> so amazing. Any time that I hear stories from people like yourself where you thought that you were heading on one path and then yeah. along the way that you found that it totally changed. And it's not that you got lost off of that path, but it was that you found a new direction and a new drive of what was really taking you to the next level. So what was that turning point for you in your journey? Obviously, with moving across the globe, coming to the States, being in Texas, and then hearing the calling that, you know what, we need to go to Orlando. That's going to be the place. That's where we're going to be able to grow this. But where along with that journey was it that you knew that you had made it, that you had made that impact? I've answered this in many different ways over the years, but certainly the very first game in MLS in 2015. So we've been in the minor leagues and we've been playing at Camping World Stadium and we've been getting, you know, some decent crowds but around about the fifteen to 20,000 mark. And then we had the fill the bowl campaign. And so that very first game in MLS, which was emotional anyway, we filled the Camping World Stadiums. We had 62,500 people. And I think standing on the pitch that day and looking around and going, wow, we did this. We put all these people in these seats. I think that was one of the most incredible feelings I've ever had. Um, sure. It still gives me goosebumps now. There's several games like that. The, the game after Pulse is still 
uh, a very emotional memory for me. The first game in in the new stadium in Paramore here that was that was another emotional game. And then I became a citizen this year, so <laughs> I'm now an American citizen. That was a really I don't think I expected to be quite as emotional as I was that day. It was really special. It, it felt it felt great. I had a bunch of friends there, and we had a big party that night as well. But I think saying the pledge that first time was was a pretty special moment. That's amazing. So. Kay, you, you've had a lot of impact on other people's lives through your journey, but with your own, who's been the biggest influence on you and why? I mean, obviously, aside from my parents, who I'm one of five, they've always taught me and taught the rest of us that we could do anything, which I think was, you know, I've, I've been an adventurer all my life. There's always been things around the corner and I'm never, I have a, a lot of confidence, I feel like inner confidence. So and I'm pretty adaptable, so I'm always looking to what the next opportunity is going to be, and I'm, you know, happy to embrace it. So I think that. But then the lady who, when my kids were five and four, they're very close in age. <laughs> I I answered an ad to I was I wasn't working at the time. I was a, a working I was a, a mom, a stay-at-home mom, which I love. I saw an ad in the paper for one morning a week in a, in a preschool, and I answered it. Next thing I know, I'm there doing two days, three days, four days. And then the owner, I didn't realize, was very quietly mentoring me and getting me ready because she wanted to retire and she wanted somebody who loved it as much as she did to take over. And she taught me so many amazing lessons, especially on how to deal with people. She was a very calm presence. You know, she taught me good listening skills. She taught me the positive sandwich, which I still use to this day. You know what that is, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. I, I love that Oreo cookie sandwich. <laughs> give, them, give them the compliment, give them the, the hard news, and then give them the compliment to send them back. You got it. You got it. I mean, the first time she did it on me, I can remember coming out of her office and thinking, why didn't she just tell me off? <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't feel bad because she'd wrapped it up in such a good way. But so it made me want do the thing that she, you know, she pointed out I needed to do better. So I think she set me up for so many things, including, you know, think about organizations, um, especially a sports one, there's a lot of turnover with your staff very often, and certainly with your players, you know, and so group dynamics is a, uh, comes into play a lot, you know, a new player comes in and everybody has to shuffle around while they figure out where they fit in the hierarchy. So all those kind of things are, are, are what she taught me, you know, how to help, how to help those situations. So it's, a, she was it's awesome. amazing. It's a, that's absolutely amazing how something's so early on shaped your journey without you maybe knowing yeah, that sure. you can still use today, even with with your day to day with the foundation, with the with the soccer club. So I always am blown away that every day we get to interact with purpose driven leaders like yourself who have made an impact and want to share their story with other people. But if you could go back and you could tell yourself one piece of advice at the beginning of your journey, maybe it was before you got that, uh, you answered the ad. Maybe it's when you were getting ready to go back to college. But what would that one piece of advice be? Oh, goodness. I mean, I don't think, I have no regrets, let's put it that way. So I don't have anything where I think, oh, I wish I could go and have a redo. You know, I've been asked before, would I go, would I have gone to college straight from school? And 
I, I still think I wouldn't do that either. I was a good student, but I was bored. I was like at 16, and you can leave school, remember, at 16 in England. I did do one extra year at, at what you call, I guess, like your one more year at high school and just hated it. Um, I was tired and I wanted to I wanted to earn some money and I wanted to get out into the big world. So I did it. So I, I don't regret that. I think I would tell myself maybe go to college a bit sooner. <laughs> 31 was tough. I had two kids as well at the time. Um, so it was, there was a lot happening in my life. And, and, you know, you look back and wonder how on earth you managed to do all of those things. So maybe it would be to, to have gone back to college a little sooner. But I don't really have any... I don't think I don't, I don't really have advice to myself. I I think I feel like I always saw opportunities when they came along, assessed them, and then either took them or guarded them. So I would just say to everyone else, you know, be, be your best self. Dream, dare to dream. You know, this is the biggest dream ever, and it came true. So it can happen. And you know, we were just two ordinary kids from Stoke-on-Trent who made this club. So it was. It's been an amazing journey. That's great. Okay. Again, we've been talking to Kay Rollins, the founder and vice president of community relations for the Orlando City Soccer Club. And that wraps up this episode. So until next time, we'll talk to you. We'll be sharing those impacts that are going on, how we see the city being shaped and the people that are helping drive that. Kay, thanks so much. You're so welcome. Thank you. You've been listening to Orlando Impact. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Securities offered only by duly registered individuals through Madison Avenue Securities, LLC, MAS, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, a registered investment advisor. MAS and the LifeWealth Group are not affiliated entities. AEWM and the LifeWealth Group are not affiliated entities. The LifeWealth Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. The LifeWealth Group is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency.